Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the 4040 Vision Podcast, the ultimate sports history pod where hindsight is 4040. Before we get started, let's pay some bills and hear from our presenting sponsors. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 4040 Vision Podcast. I am your host, Colette Abdallah, and I'm joined by my co-host, Salman Huck. What's going on, man? How's it going? Yo, what up, man? Not much, not much. So today's topic is James Harden. And the question we want to answer is, James Harden, the greatest quitter in the history of professional sports? I don't know if we'll get an answer by the end of this podcast, but I think you get an idea of the direction that we're going to be going in today. So as of this recording, James Harden is now a member of the Los Angeles Clippers. It's his, what, fourth team in three years or something like that. So let's take it back. Let's talk about early James Harden before the uh, rumored fat suits, before the strip clubs became a thing, before the quitting became a thing. Let's talk about OKC James Harden and his role as a sixth man on that team. So what what were your early impressions of the guy and what did you think of him as a player uh, way back when? So this may shock you, but I kind of always hated James Harden. Um I didn't like him on okay, OKC. Wow. I, 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 right. I don't know. There was just something about him that I, I just never liked. Uh, I, you can ask my buddies. I once called him a glorified OJ Mayo. Uh, not a great take, but that's what I called him early on. Uh, I always thought he was a little bit of a, I don't know. I, I, there's something about his style of play. Even early on, you could kind of see he was this like, he was just fishing a little bit even early on. Um, yeah, he was a great Fishing player. Fishing for he, the, like the foul calls and stuff. For the foul calls, exactly. Yeah, like I, I always like. I don't know. There's just too much herky jerkiness in his game that I didn't like initially. He always, he's always had that. Like he just kind of like stop and go, stop and go. Never, never was a fan of that kind of uh, thing. But I mean, I was wrong early on. I was definitely wrong early on. I was a little too early with that take. Um, he, he, he played well in OKC. He was, you know, getting to the basket. He was finishing at the rim. Um, he was basically complimenting Russ and KD pretty well. So, and you know, people were calling him, you know, Manu Ginobili, right? People were like, "I was oh, going to bring that up." Yeah, he people were comparing him to Manu at that point. So, he he had a pretty strong start in his career. But me personally didn't like him. But I was def I will admit I was definitely wrong about him early on in his career. Yeah, I think you you swayed too far in the other direction. I did. So I did. What did you think of the Manu comparisons? Did you think that was on point? I did not. I did not think it was on point. I think it was a little too early for the Manu comparisons. I, uh, I think really where the comparisons were, uh, I think they were both left-handed guards yeah. who were six men. So that was like why people were throwing out the Manu comparisons. Um, it felt a little lazy. I'll say that. Lazy, exactly. It was a yeah. little lazy. But there is some similarities in the game, right? Manu had that slow kind of Euro step. Harden has that slow Euro step in his game. Um, so there were there, but it's a lazy comparison for sure. I wasn't. I never. You know. I was already hating on the guy early on, so I was not loving the Manu comparisons. I would argue left, right, and center with anyone who said he was Manu Ginobili. Yeah, and it, it, I think it completely disregards the defensive playmaking that Manu brought to the table. 100%, you know? 100%, yeah. It's an insult so, to Manu Ginobili, honestly. Yeah, in a way it is, right? I mean, despite what, what you thought of Harden and, and uh, how good offensively he ended up being. So, I, I mean, I think if if I remember correctly, I... I don't think I had much of an opinion on him way back then. I just thought, you know, this is a nice player coming off the bench and he's, he's going to be a you know good scorer for this team. 
Um, I didn't know what his ceiling was. I don't think I ever foresaw him being like an MVP caliber player at OKC. I just thought he would be a great, you know, scorer off the bench who would have a long career doing that. So obviously they they make the the finals that that uh, OKC big three that homegrown big three with uh, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and, and James Harden, and he gets traded to Houston in one of the probably worst trades in NBA history, which was motivated almost exclusively by OKC ownership wanting to avoid the luxury tax. I don't think they've gotten enough abuse for that trade because uh, they definitely deserve it. But did you think it's an interesting, what if, if he stays in OKC, if they eat just that little bit of luxury tax, I don't remember how much it was, but I don't think it was some astronomical amount. Do you think that that core eventually wins an NBA championship in that era? I, yeah, I I think if they keep Harden, um, they definitely have a shot at least one NBA Finals. I think they could do they could have done it. Um, yeah, they weren't up to the task against LeBron's you know Miami Heat, right? But I think as they grew, uh, you know Harden, you could Harden, you know, you saw his game evolve offensively. The Thunder had the guys around him defensively, so he didn't have to worry about defense. They had Ibaka, you know, in the paint. So I I think they could have done it and. I think OKC ownership traded him to save $5 million. That's literally what they saved, uh, $5 million and ruined their chances at, you know, being like contenders year in and year out at in the NBA Finals. So, mm-hmm. And I think it, it shows you that they were probably closer to like your opinion of him. Because maybe, yeah, I guess maybe that's what they thought. They're like, ah, he's, a, he's nowhere yeah. near Monte Ginobili. Let's get rid of this guy. Exactly. So their return was, you know, Kevin Martin, uh, was it... Uh, Jeremy Lamb, Lamb. Jer- Jeremy Lamb, right? Yeah, I was gonna say Anthony Lamb. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Lamb. That'd be even that would make that trade even worse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, a number of picks, a bunch of other stuff, but it was definitely a cost saving move. And what it did, I-, I do think that they would be able to win one championship in that era. I mean, they had already proven that they could handle the Spurs. I know this was like early Kawhi days, so it was a weird time. But I do think that collection of talent eventually would have won one, you know, assuming health and all that stuff. I think they ran into some bad luck with, with Russell's knee and Kevin mm-hmm. Durant's foot and a bunch of other stuff as well. So I think it's, it's a great, what if I think we should maybe spend a, some, another podcast on that, on that. What if, um, and if they would have been able to overcome the Spurs and the Heatles and, and all that stuff. And, so, and imagine if they had Harden for that game seven against the dubs, right? That, that probably is, changing our trajectory too. Yeah, absolutely. And well, effectively what they did with that trade was create another contender in Houston. And I think his time in Houston was obviously the peak of his powers. He was his MVP caliber seasons. He wins an MVP there. He comes within a game or two of beating the Warriors, a game seven, a half, in fact, of beating the KD led Warriors. So does he get Enough credit. I know this is going to be a mostly a James Harden bashing podcast, but <laughs> does he and Chris Paul, you know, who's went over to the the good guys, but does he get enough credit for being the best matchup for these KD teams? I mean, this is the same team that that beat the Cavs in five or swept the Cavs, and they would go to six or seven games regularly with the Rockets. What do you think? Yeah, I, to, to be fair, I don't think he gets enough credit for what he did that year with, with Houston, right? Pushing us, pushing the Warriors to almost, you know, to the brink, right? To the, to the elimination there. Uh, and that was, 
that was 99% hard and lead, right? But he was getting that support from CP3. He's getting support from some other guys. But that was all James Harden in that series. And he, he was giving the Warriors fits. And that was peak James Harden. So I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Um, you know, James Harden, what he really did when he got to Houston was really work on his offensive game, right? He kind of changed it up. He was always... He's always had that herky-jerkiness to his game, always kind of fishing for fouls, but he just took it to a next next level in Houston, right? He was just like, even if you did foul the guy, the dude was finishing him. Uh, he was getting regular, you know, and one plays, and he was just, you know, he he was creating moves that we haven't seen before, right? Like that, you know, he's taking that step back off a hop, and like people haven't seen that. Like people are mimicking James Harden and the crazy stuff he's doing. So he, he upped it a level, and I will give him credit for that. Offensively, he did up it a level in Houston, and really push the Warriors to the brink. Um, but, you know, then, then, then a lot of stuff happens after that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that we'll get to really, really makes you question the guy. Yeah. We'll get to the, uh, the quitting that happened in Houston, no sugar coating here. So, I mean, you mentioned that he worked on his offensive game. You mentioned that he was able to, to draw contact and draw these fouls. There was a period of time. I'm looking at his basketball reference page, basically from, you know, for almost his entire Houston tenure from 2012 through 20, the 2019, 2020 season, he basically averaged anywhere between 10 to 12 free, uh, free throw attempts a game, which, I mean, I don't have that information offhand, but I can assume it's, it's among the, it's definitely tops. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe the, the most in the league. So, I mean, and also during that time, I mean, to be clear, like he was, he had the MVP season, he was, I don't know if he was a scoring champ, but he was pretty close. He had a couple seasons where he's averaging, you know, 30, 36, 34 points a game. And he's starting to get this reputation as, at least in the regular season, one of the greatest scoring guards in the history of the game. What do you make of that? What did you think of that style of play? And do you think that that is a, again, this is going to be mostly bashing, but we'll give, try to give him some credit here. Maybe not. <laughs> What do you think of him being anointed as one of these the best scorers ever? Is that I mean just a mark of the era? What do you think? I mean, I think it's 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 fair because Harden has an element to his game that we don't we don't see a lot of people have, right? Like, yes, the style of play, I hate it. It's he slows down the game, he he's he's fishing for contact, he's he's making sure he's getting contact, he's bumping into guys. I that's a disgusting style of play for sure, but uh, but he could do things off of that, right? Like he's 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 taking the contact, he's getting and one plays, he's stepping off that contact, he's making you know he's nailing three pointers. So I think it's fair to say he's one of the greatest scorers in the NBA history, right? Like he's he's definitely there, and like when you talk about guys who can get to the basket and score, like he's up there with Iverson in my mind. He's up there with those kind of guys, right? Um, Kobe. Jordan, right? Those guys, in terms of getting to the basket and scoring, Harden's up there with them. He's not up there with them in other aspects, but if you're talking about just pure scoring and you need a guy, Harden in his prime is definitely one of the top guys you'd want to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's just like this visceral reaction that people that don't like him have to the, I call them shenanigans, the flopping, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know, there's the theory that he grows out, he grew out his beard, not just for like a fashion statement, but to People add some dramatic beer, yeah. effect, yeah. you know, yeah, he, he had that trademark, you know, he would drive to the basket. He kind of hook your arm as a defender and throw his head back very dramatically. And, you know, you'd see the beard flopping around. Exactly. Yeah. 
It's like, oh, like, he definitely oh, got fouled. The beard swapping. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, there is that reaction that you get, is especially if you already have a negative opinion of him. And in general, I mean, we know that that style of play, we could say it doesn't make for playoff success, but there's also this world where, you know, they don't miss 27 straight threes against the Warriors and they beat the Warriors. Who knows if they beat the Cavs in the finals? I I would give them a, a good chance with the team that they had. I mean, you look back, that team was stacked, you know, and obviously he's the best player on that team. So I, I don't know if that, I think the evidence shows that that, style of play eventually doesn't work but there's also the argument that he is such a unique player in NBA history because he has that combination of size and athleticism and skill that we we rarely see right i mean the closest comparison is is like luka with with that same approach of that they call it like the heliocentric offense where everything yeah. is flowing through him yeah. but i think even he was better at drawing the contact, better at drawing the fouls, even better at maybe distributing than Luca was because he still got these other guys involved, you know, Ariza, PJ Tucker, Chris Paul, whatever it is. So maybe he's just such a, such a unicorn. And I don't want to use that word in, in his favor, <laughs> but maybe he's just so unique that it, it could have worked on that team. It just, they just happened to run into one of the greatest teams of all time. Am I giving him too much credit? Maybe a little, too, maybe a little too much. Maybe, okay. maybe, maybe. Uh, but it's fair, right? I think, like you said, right? His style of play is so unique. Like we, we don't. You go back in NBA history, you can't even find a comp for Harden, right? Like you're like, is he Iverson? Is he Paul Pierce? Is he who, like who is he, right? Because he brings all elements of those guys, right? And you're like, it's hard to put a, it's hard to put a finger on who is Harden, right? Um, in terms of his style of play. Uh, you could say some of his game is Iverson, some of his game is Paul Pierce. You could see a little Kobe in his game. You could see a little, you know, Chris Paul in his game. So he's he brings all of that to the table. Um, it's just that you know he's a his his playing style is unique, and he's he's a unique personality. And you know, at some point, it caught up to him, and it got too much mm-hmm. for him, right? Because how much beating can you take? How much beating can your body take in the NBA? Like every if if you're averaging 15 free throws a game, how much? How much is your body taking, right, to get yeah. to those fifteen free throws a game? He's he's getting beat up year in and year out, and I'm at some point, and we see this now with him. It's caught up, right? Mm-hmm. He can't do that anymore. He can't, and that's like half his game is gone, right? Because he he was predicated on getting that contact, and his body's just so beat up. It's hard for. I mean, he can still do it every like, but he's not getting those fifteen free throws a game anymore. Yeah. So, I think he just it took a toll on him physically, mentally to kind of play that way and not win. Um, and that's kind of where we see the nosedive start to happen. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, even if you are getting to the line, you know, 10, 15 times a game, and some of them are exaggerated contact, we'll say you're still getting contact. You're still putting your body on the line. You're still going into the paint and you're, you know, like you said, that, that thing that, that does add up. So I think aside from those warrior series where you could say that, you know, they definitely ran into the superior team. He has gained a reputation of being a playoff choker. And we can discuss, I want to discuss a little bit of, of how fair you think that is. I think the, you know, the casual immediate response is, yeah, he chokes in the playoffs. What do you think? Is that a fair label to put on him? I don't think so. Um, only because look at the talent he was working with for most of his Rockets career. Like, who was the second best player at when, once they traded Chris 
like once they had, they had Chris Paul right for a year or two, back. and then it was Russell Westbrook right, and Russ, he was I the mean, best player. Yeah, who, Russ was garbage, <laughs> but uh, like that's what I'm saying. Like, can you name like Harden's number two? Like, you go down these other teams, you're like, yeah, LeBron's number two was Bosch, K Love, right? He has, he has these guys, Dwayne Wade, um, Steph had Clay, Steph has Draymond, Steph had you know. You can name other guys as like number two, number threes. When I come, when I think of Harden, I'm like, man, he had CP3 for a year. He had Westbrook for a year. That's the best he got. Um, like no one else comes to mind that's like, oh, wow, this was like an amazing other player he played with. So I think it's a little unfair to label him that just because he was working with so much less talent um, mm-hmm. than I would say the other teams. And he was elevating the talent around him uh, per se, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you look at the Rockets team on paper before the season starts with Chris Paul and Harden, you're like, this could maybe work, but we don't know. Are they top five in the West? Like, that, that's what everyone was thinking at that time when, before the season starts. And then they show, you know, Chris Paul and Harden could kind of make it work and they kind of get it going. But I, I really can't say, like, did Harden have a lot of help, right? Like, these other guys mm-hmm. had, you know. And, 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 and it doesn't matter how yeah. the talent came, right? They didn't, no one signed, to, no one wanted to sign to Houston. Houston was just bad at drafting at that point. Like, you know, they have like Jeremy Lamb in there. Like, that was their big, uh, sorry, they like bring Jeremy Lamb back, Jeremy Lynn, like these guys, like no name players that doesn't really matter, right? Like around Harden, um, guys that didn't really help him. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't, and I don't think they surrounded him with enough talent. So it's hard yeah. to call him a playoff joker. I think he is. <laughs> just <to say laughs> okay, it. go ahead. Go ahead. Just, say it. Say you know, it. Say it. I think let me what, know. Let what me a, know. Yeah, I think what a lot of people point to is, you know, his record in, in his record records or whatever in game sevens and in elimination games. Um, he had that famous, uh, was it game seven against the, the Rockets or sorry, against the Spurs where he was like two for 15 or something. Supposedly he had a concussion in the game before and that's why he struggled. Uh, we look at last year. He had two chances to eliminate the Boston Celtics. And the thing is, it's not like he's awful in the playoffs because he's good until it really matters, right? And I think that's that's the point is for some reason, this guy, when the going gets really tough, because sure, you can be incredible in the regular season. You can average 34 points a game, win an MVP. No one is saying you're not a great player. Because what are the stakes in the regular season? They're not that high. What are the stakes in a game one, game two, game three, game four, whatever it is, right? They're high, but it's not when the, all the chips are down. If you remember, there's a couple things that, that come to mind. One was that incredible comeback in game seven, or was it game six from, by the Rockets against the Clippers? Was it Josh Smith and Corey Brewer, I believe, were the two guys <laughs> that went crazy? Yeah. Yes, that's right. Where was James Harden? James Harden was he, on the bench. He had nothing to do with tired, that. He was tired, man. He was tired. Sure, tired but he from... had nothing to do with that incredible comeback. And he, yeah, had, that's he true. had nothing that's to fair. do with that. That's fair. And there was a couple other opportunities that he had during the playoffs, you know, with the Sixers, with the the Nets one is a little bit more complicated because I do remember giving him a lot of credit. I think he had a hamstring injury and he was more of a decoy than anything else. So we'll get to Brooklyn and all that. But I just think that, He's good enough to get you. Obviously, he made two conference finals trips in his time with uh, with the Rockets. So he is a great player. But again, in those elimination games, those game sixes, game sevens, because they had the, they were up three two on the Warriors. They could have won in six and they didn't. They could have won in seven and they didn't. So we can give him credit for taking the the Rockets as far as he did. But 
if you're the best player on that team, you're going to get a lot of criticism as well. So I think, again, sure, he's one of the greatest scoring guards of all time. He can, he's a magician. You can run your offense through him. You can do whatever, whatever. But when the chips are down, I think he's one of like the last guys that I would pick out of like the, <laughs> the superstar all NBA type players. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. I think, I mean, a lot of it is like, he just, he just like, like we said, right. He gets beat up. He's, he's tired. Like you get into, if he, he's getting you to a game seven with like, with the surrounding cast of like Clint Capella and like, you know, like, like Clint Capella is the second best player. And like Trevor Ariza, like these are the guys he's playing with and he's getting to a game seven. I think maybe it's a maybe little he's unfair not in good shape. Maybe that's his, maybe, that's another maybe. thing. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's been a knock on him for sure. But I think it's hard. It's hard to be that. It's hard to be the guy all the time. Right. And the, you see that, right? Like people had that same criticism of Steph until he finally won finals MVP. Right. People are like, Oh, but Steph has so much talent around him, but Steph is the guy like he, he'll do it. Um, but I think he, he gets helped out a little bit the, by, the, by the fact that he has Draymond there to kind of orchestrate the offense. He has Clay there when he's kind of in a slump, right? So Steph, Steph can take moments off. Harden can't. And when Harden does, the team crashes, right? That's, that's what it is, right? And, and unfortunately, but, he's been taking the moments off in the biggest yeah. games. But I think so it's, to he's, that point, his effort to get to, that, to yeah. those games, he's just so tired by the time he gets to those games. Like, I think that's part of it. But part to that it. point, not all of it. I will say it's by design. Yeah, if, 100%. If it is I, by design. I mean, you know, he wants the ball in his hands all the time. He's not willing to work off the ball. You know, when he's when he doesn't have the ball in a possession. I mean, you saw it. In he doesn't Philly. try. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, try. he's not trying. Right. I mean, yep. you can say, oh, maybe he's uh, resting, getting some energy back, whatever. But it's like you are operating in an offense that is, you know, ninety percent James Harden, and yeah. that's because yeah, that's how exactly. he wants to play. Exactly right. It, it it is 100% by design, right? So if that's your style of play, and that's who you want to be, then you better be in damn good shape and finish those game sevens. Exactly. And he wasn't, and he never has been. Whether it's a mental block, whether it's a physical block, you know, he's had opportunities to overcome that label. Personally, if he beats Boston last year, because he was incredible for most of that series. But again, he had a chance to do that and beat a great Boston team, and he didn't. Once again, he fell short in that. Wasn't Embiid moment. hurt? Embiid was hurt, right? Oh, Embiid came back in the. He it, came back. He came back early, early on lost. in that series. Yeah, it was all hard, and he went crazy in Game One. Yeah, they yeah won early game on, one it was in Boston. Yeah, and that's the thing is he's capable of these things. But you can say, "Oh, he's tired. He's this and that." It's like, well, everybody's tired, man. <laughs> <It's game laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. That's that's Everyone's the whole tired point. At that everybody's point. tired. I mean, everybody's hurt. I think it was disappointing both from him and Embiid. Like neither one of them kind of no showed in that game seven, right? Like, I mean, Embiid, did Embiid was that the game he put a Embiid showed up in like game six, I think, right? Where he I think it was like game four, point. game five. I mean, they both Something had like that. Embiid, they both had he, chances, but like I feel both of them no showed in game seven for whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, Embiid is not. Uh, innocent here, but I think yeah. this is a James Harden podcast. This is a James Harden podcast. Let's get to the juicy stuff, man. Yeah. So let's talk about uh, quitting because this is what this is about. And I want to be fair to him and talk about people can, can easily say, oh, you know, he quit three times in three years or whatever it is on three different franchises and he got traded. But let's talk about Houston. Let's talk about the situation that he quit on and when he forced the trade to Brooklyn. 
there was a lot, there was a rebuild about to happen. Daryl Morey tried a couple things. He traded for Chris Paul. They hit their ceiling. He traded for Russell Westbrook, which was an awful trade in hindsight. And they were about to start a rebuild. And James Harden basically said, I'm not going to be part of this rebuild. Get me out of here. Is it fair to criticize him for quote unquote quitting on the Houston Rockets after being there for what, 10 years or so? Yeah, 100%. I mean, yeah, you didn't get your ring. You you didn't win, but the way he forced himself out of Houston was really strange, right? <laughs> Dude shows up in like a fat suit for a couple of practices. <laughs> like, I mean, that's by all accounts. That's the rumor, right? That's the rumor, right? Yeah. I mean, it's insane. You look at him like two weeks in Houston and two weeks later in Brooklyn, he's lost all that weight. It ha- there's no other explanation. Um, it's just, yeah, I mean, he absolutely quit on that team. He could have, he could have gone about it a more professional way. I think that's that's why people are like, you quit on Houston, right? Because he was so unprofessional about it. He was just like demanding a trade. He's like, rebuild, screw this, right? I don't want to be here. Um, but if if that's the, you know, that was your team for 10 years and you're like, hey, you know what, Daryl, I'll give you a chance to shop me around. Uh, if you don't get something you like, I'll stick around another year. Don't like, but but please try to trade me because, you know, it's a rebuild. I'm still in the prime of my career. Like, much different approach than, Hey, you know, F you Daryl Morey, I'm, uh, I'm here and I've gained like a hundred pounds over the summer. You know, I'm, I can't play anymore. You're like completely different approach, right? The way he did it, it was sure, just sure. absurd and ridiculous. And so I think it's fair to criticize him for saying he quit on Houston. Uh, I mean, that was like what Randy Moss did to the Raiders, man. Like he just showed up and was like, you know what? Screw the Raiders. I'm, out of here. I, I, yeah. I'm not even going to play. So that's kind of what Harden did. I get it. Randy Moss had no affiliation with the Raiders, but, uh, Harden, Harden had a long, uh, you know, legacy there in Houston. So mm-hmm. he kind of just threw that all away for getting traded yeah. to Brooklyn. That's so. fair. I, I think you know it's um, it was a rebuild, so I you can't completely fault him for wanting to leave. Like you said, he did force it out, force his way out in an unprofessional way. Um, I don't think it was a fat suit. I think he did like, you know, he would. He, he's doing like a car bulk or something. You something. Know, he did something. He did something weird too. Yeah. Make it look like he, he got <laughs> big, man. It, it yeah. And weird. then, you know, he cut, he probably cut weight like a boxer or a UFC yeah, fighter, totally like, is. you know, before his Brooklyn debut. But I mean, those images, there was one in particular in like the powder blue rockets, yeah. like warmups. Yes. And he legit looked, I mean, he's listed at 220 and he looked like he had a pot belly, looked about 250. Yeah, he looked like, yeah, he looked like he was like 260 easily. Yeah. And then four days later, he's, you know, I know Black slims you, but, you know, he's wearing the, the Nets uniform and... Um, he looks like he's down to like you know, two, 215 at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so like he lost even more weight, so... So maybe it seems like it wasn't so much that he left Houston, but the manner in which he left Houston. But 100%. I think that that starts the questions that we start to ask about him and his his work ethic which i think those questions were already being asked but you know he doesn't do much in that that time but so then he goes to brooklyn and they have this season where it looks like they're they're probably the favorite in the east when it's him Kyrie and and KD they look incredible and of course you know because they're cursed or something. The Nets is a franchise. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> everything goes wrong. Kyrie turns his ankle and was it game one, game two against the Bucks in that that uh wasn't the conference finals, it was the conference semis. Um, or was it the conference final? I think it was the conference semis. 
and then I think you're right. Yeah. And then uh, Harden hurts his hamstring and he's basically a decoy. But and they still come within, you know, that toes length of of beating the Bucks in that game. But this is an important, important caveat to the Brooklyn story is COVID. COVID happens. Yes. And this is another big what if in the James Harden saga. (laughs) Because after that season, you're, they come back. They're coming back. It's the 2020-21 season. Or sorry, the 21-22 season. And it looks like everything's going to be great. But there's a vaccine mandate in New York City. <laughs> and Kyrie Irving is not playing. And then he's only playing away games and not home games. And it just becomes this whole thing. And all of a sudden, James Harden finds himself in a situation where Kyrie is getting this preferential treatment where he doesn't have to play every game. He plays once a week or once every two weeks, whatever it is. So with that nuance, do you blame him for wanting to leave Brooklyn and forcing his way to Philadelphia? Yeah. Uh, again, it's, it's the way he went about all of this, man. <laughs> sure. It's not, it's not wanting to get out. Like, okay. He's like, Oh damn, Kyrie's a nutcase. I better get out of here. Uh, I, I know this Nets team is going to implode at some point. Maybe that's what he thought. But again, it's the way he went about it. It was just so strange. It was just like, he just like one day was like, you know what, FKD, F Kyrie, get me out of here. And, and, and to your point, it seems like maybe he was jealous of the treatment those guys were getting where he's like, oh, crap, I got to be the guy again. I got to be, you know, the guy next to KD. I got to do all, all the work. Maybe he didn't want to do that anymore. And that speaks to his work ethic, right? Like maybe he's a... Maybe he's just lazy. Maybe at some point he's just like, man, I, I'm, I'm tired. Someone carry me for once. Um, so I think that's, it's again, the way he went about it, it was just weird, right? Like he was just like, one day he's like, I want to trade. And then he's like, and then like you start hearing all these things. He's like, James Harden is calling the Nets locker room toxic. He's calling Kyrie toxic. Like, like where's this stuff coming from, man? Like you were just quiet the whole time. And all of a sudden you're just like, I just want out. Um, I think, I don't know, maybe there's some leaks in his inner circle or whatever, but he, he should have just been like, you know, privately said, hey, you know, maybe I want to trade maybe, and you don't hear about it and they trade him, right? But the yeah. fact that we hear about it in this era and the way he's like approaching things, the way he already approached the Houston situation and you're like, is he doing the same thing here in Brooklyn? Seems like it. And he's kind of quitting on the team again. He's like making up injuries. Oh, my hamstring. Like he's like get, sitting out games now with hamstring injuries again. Um, maybe they're real, but I don't know. It seems like he was just sitting out way too many games when he wanted to get mm-hmm. traded. Um, yeah. it's again, it's just a, it's just that, it's, I don't know. It's just a level of competitiveness. Like, and we see that a lot in this era, like the KDs and the Kyries and the Hardens, like they're just not competitive at some point. Right. They're just like, we want that ring, but we want it the easy way. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's, I think their mindset. And that was definitely Harden's mindset. And he's like, Oh shit, this is not going to be the easy way anymore. Let me get out of here. But the, the, the irony is that it could have been the easy way. It could have been. Absolutely. It could have been if he was just patient. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's the thing is that he, he forced his way out of a situation in Brooklyn. I mean, eventually that imploded pretty quickly. But I think it was just COVID. COVID caused all this. It caused Kyrie to push back against these mandates. And the, the thing never made sense anyway. It's like you can't if you're if you're an employee in New York City, you have to have a vaccine. Yeah, but if you're coming from was, out of town. Yeah, it never made sense. Yeah. The whole yeah, it never made sense anyway, but eventually they figured it out. And Kyrie yeah. was able to play in the playoffs and I mean they, they got swept by Boston, but you know, this is a team where if the three of them were together and maybe they were actually healthy and they were all three of them were healthy in, in those playoffs, uh, you know, maybe they do end up winning the title. 
or at least making the finals. You know, I know Boston ended up making the finals and losing to the Warriors, but that it could have very easily been the Warriors Nets instead of yeah. Warriors Boston. And he just no, didn't man. have and the that patience. Would have, so that would not have ended well for the Warriors. So, <laughs> eh, I don't know, been, man. It, uh, I don't know. It, it depends, right? It depends on yeah. If they were still beefing, with, like if if they were all in, like they were all synced, and you're getting pro- like a good Harden, you're getting good Kyrie, and then you got KD, right? That's that's a lot of firepower for the Warriors to stop it. It is. That's is. a that's a different what if for a different day. Exactly. Exactly. So the last team. So actually, I will say that you know I, I think he does. To get a little more criticism than he should because of how crazy things were in Brooklyn, but he should have stuck it out. The last situation, Philadelphia. So supposedly he left some decent amount of money on the table. There was some handshake deals with him and Daryl Morey, who apparently loves James Harden. And he decides, you know, I'm going to cra- I'm going to burn this place down. I'm going to call Daryl Morey a liar. I'm going to go to China and say, I'm never playing for Daryl Morey and do all this and this and that. And this is a team that was had a chance to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they probably beat that Miami team because they match up pretty well against Miami. Who knows what happens after that? But he basically screws over another contender and says, I need to get out of here. I need to go to the Clippers, and that's where he ends up. So this one, I think I'm 100% blaming James Harden. I, don't understand. I understand maybe you left some money on the table, but come on, man. <laughs> I'm not feeling <laughs> yeah. bad for you. Yeah, Over come 10, on, bro. 15 like, million yeah, dollars, yeah. you know. Exactly, exactly. But you beefing about 15 mil when you've made like hundreds of millions of dollars? Like, come on, man. That's like that's like you and me beefing over five bucks. Like, oh, Holly, I'm never talking to you again because you owe me five bucks. Like, come on, Harden. Like, well, maybe it's a little more than that. Maybe it's like five. Uh, yeah, okay, but. whatever, whatever, man. <laughs> you make hundreds of millions of dollars. It's 15 mil, right? Um, exactly. But but I agree with you. I 100% again blame Harden. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, why are you? blasting your like stuff in 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 the public right and that's 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 the trend with Harden he just he he it's maybe a private conversation between GM and Harden and agents and then all of a sudden Harden's doing some weird stuff in public right um and that's that's where he's getting this label as a quitter because he's forcing his way out of these situations that he doesn't like um mm-hmm. and he's not he's in showing no respect to the other side right no respect to Daryl Morey no respect to Daryl Morey and when he was in Houston no respect to Daryl Morey again here in Philly uh, blasting them in Philly. Uh, so, you know, like when you're that type of player, and look at what he's doing in the Clippers. The Clippers are 0-2 since he's been there. So um, he's not really helping them either. So I, I think at some point, the NBA is going to be like, damn, we're tired of this dude. Like nobody wants him on a team anymore. And Harden's going to have to just be forced out of the NBA and retire. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it's come down to. Like, I think he's going to have a horrible season here with the Clippers. He doesn't move the needle for them. Uh, you know, Kawhi and PG are already ball dominant guards and flash forwards. What is Harden contributing to that team? Um, mm-hmm. I, I think they'll get fed up of Harden eventually. Harden will get fed up of them. And he's like, okay, on to my next destination <laughs> in the summer. Yeah, I think at, at some point during his Houston career, he decided that, you know, I'm an all time great. I don't need to wait around for anybody. I am. Assist. I mean, he said it himself when he was in his introductory press conference for the Clippers. You know, he said he was on a leash in Philadelphia <laughs> because they wanted him to play a little more, um, you know, a little less ball dominant. And now he said, you know, yeah. I'm I'm not part of a system. I am a system. It's like, sure, <laughs> what is he, you Jay-Z? can say is that. A, yeah, right. I'm not a business. I'm a businessman business or whatever, man, yeah. right? Like, that's fine when you're 28, 29, 
30 years when old. You're in your prime. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. When you are averaging 34, 36 points a game, but now you're in your late 30s. You're not the same guy. You've had a bunch of injuries. And I think what with him is just there's this just lack of self-awareness of who you are as a player and what you bring to the table. And you still think that you're the same guy that won MVP and almost averaged a triple-double, all that stuff. Yeah, and I think 100%. Like you said, I think his move to to the Clippers is not going to pan out. We're about two games in. We're recording this on November 9th. So like you said, they only played two games. It's not looking good. Maybe they'll figure it out. I think they have enough talent to be at least decent. But we talked about it in the over-under pod or the the best case, worst case. I said if they get James Harden, I I didn't think they were a playoff team anyway. But I think we both said if they add James Harden, they're only going to be worse. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Seems like... Exactly. You know, Go, it's, that's where we're headed. They're selling jerseys. I'm sure there's a bunch of kids with James Harden jerseys who don't know anything uh, about basketball. Oof. They just know the player. But it's just, you know, I think he's going to have like a Carmelo type end to his career where he's not going to be able to recognize his new role. And it's mm-hmm. just going to end kind of sad, like, you know, maybe a little sad. premature. Yeah, um, for sure. So ultimately, what is his legacy? Uh, assuming that things go as we think they will go. He doesn't win a ring. He doesn't have any other notable playoff success. Ultimately, what is his legacy? Yeah, I mean, I think when you're talking about Harden's legacy, all this stuff is going to come up, right? Like people are going to be like, he never won it with the Rockets. He got traded out of OKC. He didn't win it there either. He he quit on a couple of teams. He's, yeah, great offensive prowess, but what else? Like what else? Is he... Basically, he's going to be called a glorified OJ Mayo. See, I was right. I was right at the end. Um, but you know, it's just yeah. It's just I think it's a guy, a great offensive game. Just couldn't finish it. I mean, if he didn't have all these all this like headaches that he causes later on in his career, maybe maybe he has a legacy like Allen Iverson almost. Maybe, right? But the fact that he has all this stuff, all this baggage that he's added at the end of his career, no one's going to consider him like an AI. People are going to be like. You're just another nutcase who could score. Uh, yeah, that's. I think that's unfortunately going to be his legacy—a nutcase who could score. Like when we're talking about this 20 years from later, oh, that James Harden guy. Yeah, he could score, but man, what a nutcase he was, right? <laughs> that's what people are going to call him, and that's how he's going to be viewed. Um, unfortunately, he doesn't have a ring. He's not. He didn't have any super teams. He became a part of. He didn't. He had one. But he did. He got traded. Right? He, yeah, he had one. He got traded out of it. Um, not by his. I guess he could have taken. That four million less saved the OKC money, but he was like, "Hey, I, I'm about my paper, right?" And that's that's unfortunately what he chose. He chose yeah. his paper over a legacy and championships. So, and that, that's what that he's going to be known set for. The, yeah, set the stage for things. I mean, I don't blame him for wanting the the money he deserved in OKC, and they should have just taken the tax bill at least for a year. See at how least, it works out. Least, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll never side with a with a cheap owner over players no i so. mean they could have eventually waved kendrick perkins bro like <laughs> you want to get james harden instead of kendrick perkins like that was the conversation and they kept kendrick perkins it's like come on man it's a different nba then they obviously didn't think that highly of harden but they could have traded him the next year they didn't have yeah. to do it that summer so a lot of things have gone wrong i think you know in the okc thing i think ultimately his legacy is is like you said a guy that can score but he he's not going to have that same like cultural appeal that um, Allen Iverson did. I, I feel like people in Houston still love him. That's what that's what the impression is I get from like Rockets Twitter and Rockets Reddit. They're like, oh man, remember <laughs> the glory days with James Harden? 
because I think they get blinded to some of the other stuff when they're huge yeah, fans sure. of him. So I think he'll always be tied to the Rockets, always be tied to the city of Houston. But I think ultimately he's just going to have that reputation as as a as a loser. And that's really yeah. unfortunate because there were chances for him to overcome that label. But I think right now it's it's too little too late. People are going to look at all his stats. He's going to end up in the Hall of Fame because the NBA or the Basketball Hall of Fame lets anybody in. And he has the accolades. Yeah. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. And but he's not going to have the winning. And that's yeah. obviously the the most important thing. So 100%. is he the greatest quitter of all time? Yes or no? <laughs> in pro sports yes. history. <laughs> yes. I, I'm 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 a I'm gonna say yes. 100%. Yeah, I think we, we talked once. about he's it. He's quit once, he's quit twice, he's quit thrice now. Like he's quit thrice. three times. <laughs> My goodness. Like can you find me anyone else who's quit three times on three different teams? I don't think so. We couldn't. We couldn't find one. We couldn't. Uh, at we least couldn't. nobody like, notable. Um, no, yeah. Maybe Kevin Durant, but that's a that's a conversation for another team for <laughs> another time. Type I don't of know. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so let us know what you guys think. I mean, I I agree. It was, it's hard to find a comparison for a player of this caliber getting traded this many times and forcing his way out of three different situations just because they hit a little bit of turbulence. You know, we give guys credit for sticking around during a rebuild. And he has never done that. And that's unfortunate because he is one of the great players of this era. But maybe he's one, that's one of the problems is that in this era, he is one of the greats. And that's the issue. So that's it for the podcast. Thank you guys for checking us out. Make sure you follow us and uh, subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Make sure you check us out on all the major social media platforms and check us out on our YouTube channel if you haven't already at youtube.com slash 4040 vision pod. Thanks, y'all. Thanks so much.